for some, this is a difficult day. Uh, for others, it's a day of rejoicing. But for all of you, I'd remind you of this. You all have a mom. A mother brought you into this world. And whether she was perfect or not so much, or known or not so much, you had a mother, and God gave you her. So let me pray, and then we'll look at the Scripture together. Father, we thank you for our mothers today. And I ask that as we look at your word, you give us the grace to understand it, the grace to apply it, the grace to see where we fit into the story. Help us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Years ago, mothers, you know, you had to uh, train your children and you told them things like, don't accept candy from strangers. And, and that, that rule is still a good one. But nowadays, there's so much more. Nowadays, you're sitting next to your son or your daughter, and they're, they're doing their homework, right? And, and they're on the computer, and suddenly the screen starts flashing, and it says, you win, you win, you win. New computer, click on this. And you say, don't click on it, don't do it. And then your kid says, but, but it says I win. It's a new computer, you know. It's a, it's a Bahamas vacation. Where's that? You know, and uh, you say, don't click on it. It's not real. It's a scam. scam. What's that mean? And well, if you click on it, you see what happens is we'll have to buy a new computer. You're not going to get one. You're going to have to buy one because it's going to be viruses. Viruses, that's like a cold. What's that? And you explain this whole thing. It's not real. You know, you don't actually win anything. There's so many challenges, so many challenges. And I think one of the One of the hard things about parenting, one of the enemies, one of the major enemies of parenthood is deception. It's it's deception. It's it's this idea that Satan is a liar. Everything he says is a lie. And he's so good at it that you don't even see it coming. He He can speak quietly to you or he can speak loudly in the culture. And it's deceiving. And so today I want to talk about a mother's heart for their kids to carry on the faith. A mother's heart for kids to carry on in the faith in a world that is full of deception. I'm always troubled when I read the, the reports of dropouts from the faith. And the interesting thing is, you know, like we're, we're worried about high school dropouts, but the interesting thing is maybe the more concerning dropout is high school graduates who drop out from the faith. I read a LifeWay study recently where they, they conducted a, I forget how long the study was, but they, but they found out that between 18 and 22 years old, some 70% of young people drop out of the church for a period of time. And, and, and they based it on Teenagers that were in the church during the high school years at least a year. You had to be in, in church for at least a year during high school. And they found that between ages 18 and 22, some 70% stopped. Stopped going to church. And, and maybe you've had this, uh, all, this experience, and again, I, I know it breaks a mother's heart, and, and, and it happens, where you see kids going off to college and then you read their social media posts and, and you see what they're thinking about. You see what's on their mind. You see the worldviews that they're trying on for size to see how they fit. And they start posting things that, that you know you didn't teach them, 
and that you would never want them to believe. And you're like, don't click on it. You know, it's the scam. They're selling you something that doesn't work. This is proven. The faith is tested. It's worked for thousands of years and you're clicking on this thing and you're not going to win. It's a virus. And you see your kids type that stuff out. It's an experience as a youth pastor that I I would see it every year when kids would go off to college. Not in the first month, not in the second month. Usually by month six or eight, you'd start seeing them posting things, new learning that they have, new perspectives on life. I just saw one last night. I'm not even going to say what they wrote. But it's not church appropriate. But it's like, you didn't learn that from me. You didn't learn that from your parents. Someone else told you about that perspective on marriage, on life. One of the primary enemies of parenthood is, I believe, deception. And it's one of Satan's primary tools because he is a liar. And it's what he does all day long. It's what he promotes a culture of of uh, a culture that wants to disciple young people in being deceived. Um, why does this bother mothers and fathers, parents and grandparents? Why does this bother us so much? Well, we want we that love Jesus want our kids to love Jesus. If He means everything to us, we want our kids. To have him. Maybe it bothers us because we think we didn't do enough. Like, if only I would have. If only I would have shown better for Jesus. If I would have shined my light in a better way. And we and we beat ourselves up for that. It bothers us because we want our kids to have an eternal home with Christ. We want that for them. And so that just grabs our heart. So whether it's one of those three reasons or many others, a mom's heart is for her kids to have faith in Christ. Would you turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1 today? In 2 Timothy 1... Verse 5, the Apostle Paul is writing to his spiritual son, Timothy. And what he says in verse 5 is, I've been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you. And so what Paul does here is he says, there is this, there's this unbroken chain of faith from your grandmother to your mother to you. Timothy's father was a, a Greek and apparently not a believer. But the women in the family passed on the faith. And Paul says, I am convinced that you have this faith. That you have not your mother's faith necessarily, but you have your own faith in the same God, the same Jesus. It's come down through the family tree. And then if you look over at chapter 3, I'd call your attention to 3.14 because there's a second time where Timothy's mother and grandmother are mentioned. And they're not mentioned by name, but they're implied in chapter 3.14. 
Actually, let's start in 13. We'll start with deception. While evil men and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you've learned it. Now, the word whom is plural. Just to be clear, whom is plural? So he's talking to Timothy. He's talking, about, uh, he's talking to Timothy about himself, Paul. And the whom is also the mother and the grandmother. It's plural. Whom? You've learned it. Verse 15. And how from infancy you've known the holy scriptures which are able to wake you, make you wise for salvation through faith in, G- in Christ Jesus. All scriptures God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It is a mother's heart to see her kids continue in the faith. That's the word I'm picking up here in verse 14. But as for you, and there's only one command here for Timothy, it's continue. 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 And and actually he points out two things that Timothy should continue in. Two things that every mother would love their kids to continue in. A, continue in what you've learned. Continue in what you've learned. And B, continue in what you've been convinced of. Convinced of. Those are the two things Paul says. This is what I want you to continue in. What you've learned, what you've become convinced of. We'll go back to A, what you've learned. Moms, this is a lot about you. You've done the learning here. Teaching, excuse me. (laughs) You've done the teaching here. You've learned those kids well, right? And uh, you're the one that told them, get up in the morning, it's time to go to church. Oh, mom, come on, you know. No, it's important. Get up. I've got breakfast ready. Get out here and eat, right? You did that. You were the ones that prayed with them about this or that, about their concerns, about the nightmares they were having, about anxiety at school, about the big test. You prayed with them. You talked to God. They heard you speaking to God and saw that in you. You you taught them how to pray. Maybe you were the Sunday school teacher. Maybe you just got them in the doors and got them dressed and got them into Sunday school and that was enough. Right? You were the one that that opened the, opened the Bible story book with the pictures in it. Oh, I remember my grandma sitting down with me. I remember some of the images out of the Bible story book. You know, it, it was one that went through every book of the Bible almost, I felt like. And it, and it had all these pictures with everyone. And uh, I remember getting to Revelation and seeing the image of the big red dragon. I was like, I still remember what that looks like, you know. Kids don't forget red dragons, you know. Um, I remember my grandma opening that up and reading that to me. I remember my mom talking to me about Jesus. I remember my mom prioritizing church as something very important in the life of family. And you did many of these things, Mom. This is what you did. You were the one who was sitting in church and the communion plate passed by and... uh, your son or your daughter said, can I have that? And you had to explain the whole thing of, no, it's, it's not a Sunday snack. You know, it's, it, it's bigger than that. It's, it's more important than that. Because more than you need a Sunday snack, you need Jesus. 
He died for you. See, the bread is kind of like his body, which was put on a cross. And that juice was like his blood. That's why we do it. You saw the lights come on in their eyes. And you were like, oh, he gets it. He's so little, but he gets it. You were the one with the camera while they were getting baptized, taking the pictures. Mom, that's you. You learn them well. And Paul says, continue in what you've learned. Moms, you have a lot of control over what they learn. But the part that you don't have as much control over is B, continue in what you become convinced of. Now, the word convinced is only used one time in the entire New Testament. It's in this verse right here, obviously. Convinced. But, but the root word is the word pistis, which is faith. Faith, pistis, or pistuo. Um, it's, so there's this word of, I have a strong faith, a deep faith. I am deeply believing what I've learned. I have a deep belief, a deep faith. It's a verb. I've become convinced of it. I deeply believe it. And moms, even though you have a huge influence on this, you can't control this like, like you can control the learning. You know, when you say it's 8 o'clock, it's time for, a bed, time for the Bible story, you have control over that. When you say, wake up, it's 8 a.m., we're going to church, you have control over that. But this one, every child has to become convinced on their own. It, you, you, you wish it was like teaching them to ride a bike. You know, you just put them on the bike and then, and then, you, and then you say, here's what we're going to do. We're going to... We're going to start pedaling, and I'm going to, I'm going to kind of hold up the back seat, and you're running down, down the road with it, you know, and you run down one time, and they get it, or you run down ten times, you know, and you, you do it as much as you have to do it until they get the balance, and then they get the balance, then, you gotta, then they don't know how to get started, so you kind of give them a push. And, and, and it all happens, it often happens in a day. I know some of you took longer. I, I don't know what's wrong with you, but, you know. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but, but often, this riding the bike thing happens in a day. And when do they forget how to do it? They say, you never forget how to ride a bike, right? So you may be proving that one wrong too. I don't know. But um, you never forget it. You just do it. And, and I know that moms, our heart is that you could just give them the push of faith, you know, and off they go. And, and, and they sail on in the faith to great heights. I wish it was like riding a bike that you never forget how. But it's not the case. And that's where a mom's heart can break for her kids. That she desires to know the Lord. This word convinced of, I think there's so much in that word. I think in that word convinced of there is doubt. That to come to a deeper faith, I had to doubt. I had to wonder. I had to wrestle with God like Jacob. I had to touch the side of Jesus like Thomas. Like, God, you've got to prove yourself to me. And, and the thing is, sometimes I think we think God is in heaven going, no, I won't prove myself to you. You better believe, close your eyes, take the blind step. That's what I require. And I know faith in some ways is that. Because I can't call God down and, and, and show you right here, you know. I know there is an element of that. But we have a reasonable faith, right? It makes sense. 
Like you can compare it with other worldviews. And it comes out looking really good. It really makes sense. Yes, I know, no one comes back from the dead. But somebody did. God did it. And you've got to become convinced of that. So kids got to work through the whole thing of, what if I was born in a Muslim family? What would I believe? What would God's name be if I was born in a Muslim family? Right? And they've got to wrestle with, what if I was born to a family of, of, of my parents were atheists? What would I believe? And those are hard questions. And then they go to college and it's like, they're going to hear these different things, these different views of life, different perspectives, different worldviews. And they have to wrestle so they can come to that point and say, I'm deeply convinced. I think ESV is uh, deep, deep faith or deep belief. Uh, I'm deeply convinced that this is true, but it's going to be wrestling. Oh, and that thing on Thomas... I'm always encouraged when I think about Thomas because sometimes as a parent, you just want to be like, yeah, you know this is true. Just, you know. And I think sometimes we project that onto God. But Jesus said, touch my side. Go ahead. I'll prove myself. And And if you're here and you're one of those children and you hear me talking to you today, He'll prove himself to you. You just ask him. Thomas said, I won't believe unless I can touch his side, unless I can touch the, the marks in his hands. I will not believe. You've got to wrestle with God to come out like this where you're deeply convinced of the truth of this. You can't just, it's not like riding a bike and saying, here you go, you can have my faith. It's fully developed and I'm just giving it to you, my son, my daughter. It's just not like that. And for a mother, that can be hard to watch, to wait, to pray, to see what's going to happen. But let me tell you something. That LifeWay study that I talked about earlier, the 70% dropout, they found that during the course of that study, almost two-thirds of the people who responded made their way back into church. And what they said was, those two-thirds that came back out of the 70%, the two-thirds that came back said this, it's not that I ever stopped believing. I just didn't make it a priority. It just wasn't a big part of my life. And what I see is this, I just needed to be deeply convinced. I needed to have a deeper faith. This is mine. I'm going to walk in it. So I think there's tons of hope there. But let me give you one more piece of hope from the text. It's the last part here. Um, I, before I read it, though, uh, one, th- one other thing I want to say about the continue thing. Um, I think, so instead of viewing them as dropouts, maybe you could view them as on hiatus, right? On hiatus. Maybe you can view it as to be continued. You ever watch a movie and you realize you've got to watch the next one to find out how it ends? You ever read a book and you thought you were going to read one and done, right? I read it. <clears throat> I know what it says. I want a conclusion. And then it's like, join us in book two. What? I read Left Behind when I was in high school and I was like, oh, no. No. 
I don't know what you think about the Left Behind books, but the, the first one, I loved it. You know, I read it, and I'm just like, oh, man, you know, everybody's disappearing, and the rapture happens, and then it's like, join us for Tribulation Force. What? And then, and then, and then I read Tribulation Force, and it was like, join us for whatever's next, you know? No, thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, some of you love that. I'm sorry. You're looking at me funny now. But um, I was out. I was out. I'm done, you know. Um, to be continued, but to a mother, to a mother... To be continued are beautiful words. To be continued means I'm planting the garden and it's not done yet. My hands are a little dirty and I haven't seen the thing springing up out of the ground yet, but we're not done yet. And even better, it means God's not done yet. And I'm not stopping praying, so I know God's not stopping working. We're still going here to be continued. That's the word for you moms, to be continued continued. It's not over yet. Now let me give you a couple more words here. Um, Verse 14, we'll read it again. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and what you become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So I see Paul using the word know two times here. What does Timothy know? It says, you know um, those from whom you've learned it. That's verse 14. And you know how from infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures. So you know two things. What cuts through the deception of this world? What can break through the deception that every mother, every father is concerned about for their kids. Knowledge. Knowledge. It's our kids knowing you. They know you. They know your sincere faith. That's A, the sincere faith of their spiritual parents. You are the book. You are the learning. You are the one. They remember you praying. They remember your devotion to God. They remember you waking them up way too early on a Sunday morning to take them into church. They remember. They remember the Bible stories. They remember the pictures that were in the Bible stories like the red dragon. They remember. They know. And nothing can take that away. Nothing can take away that knowledge. Moms, you did that. You did it. And I know you never did it perfectly because Jesus is the only perfect one. But you did it when you displayed your faith. Now, some of you might say, well, I wasn't a Christian when I was raising my kids, so I didn't do that. Ah, but there's a second, even more powerful knowledge that Paul talks about here. And that's B. Their children know the Holy Scriptures. They know the Bible. There's another piece to this. That when the Bible is read, there is power there. There's power there. That when you talk about the Bible, when you quote the Bible, when you write the letter and put the Bible in the letter, there's power there. I was listening to... um, I hate to name drop people, but I was wrestling with a message I heard from a very famous pastor who, who I really like. Who, who was talking about the Bible to the church. 
And, and what he was trying to say is, we trust that Peter saw Jesus. Even more than you trust the words of the Bible, we trust that this actually happened. The, the historical events behind the Bible happened. But here, I understand what he's saying. You know, I understand that the resurrection didn't happen because it was written down. The resurrection happened because it was a historical event. I understand that. Good apologetics. But, but, all Scripture is God-breathed. God-breathed is uh, theonoustos. It's God, God has inspired people. He has breathed it out into the writers who wrote this down. God is behind every word. God wanted each word in the Bible to be in the Bible. He did it. He inspired it. It has power. It has authority. So when we use the Bible with our kids, whether they were raised in it or not, when we use the Bible, there is something powerful about that. There's something powerful about that. And I trust that when I'm writing to somebody, counseling somebody, preaching to somebody, that when I use the Bible, it's going to be a powerful presence in that person's life in that moment. Right? And you felt that. I think you felt it during the preaching of the Word here. Do it in your own life. Do it with your adult children. You write that card to them, that birthday card, and you put the verse at the bottom, right? You write that verse out that means so much to you. And that verse has power because it's God's Word. He breathed it out, and He's breathing it onto your kids. He's breathing it onto your kids. And you put it out there. What I'm saying, moms and dads, the work's not done yet. It's a to be continued. It's not over yet. The Word hasn't done, is not done finishing its work yet. So keep praying that Word over your kids. Maybe, that, maybe your child won't even read the Word. You pray the Word. You pray the Word over your children. Uh, Christy just hung a um, prayer sheet for our kids on our fridge. Was it last month? Different scriptures you pray over our kids. You know, Reminders. We pray this stuff over them. They don't even know it, but it's happening. It's going. You have influence there. Paul says, Timothy, continue. Because you know, you know the people who have impacted you. And you know the Scriptures. And they're going to work themselves out. I want to pray for us. And then I'm going to invite us to speak any words of blessing on our mothers and how they've trained us, how they've raised us, the things they have done to show us the Lord, the, thing, the wise, discerning things they've given to us. I'm asking you to speak for a moment to the church. Let me pray. Jesus, I thank You for this Word. Thank You that it's a to-be-continued kind of faith. It's a hiatus kind of faith. And that at the end of the hiatus, it's a deeply convinced faith. Oh God, I pray that over our children. I pray that over our grandchildren. Everybody that's represented by somebody here. I pray they would become deeply convinced of the truth of Your Word. They become deeply convinced that a man, a God-man, gave his life and was raised from the dead three days later. 
Would you convince them, Lord Jesus? Would you work your words into their life? Would you encourage moms and grandmas this morning who are praying, who are thinking about their kids? Would you give them the assurance that you work even while they sleep? And that you're working on those that they're lifting up to you? May your powerful word do its work. May it call sinners to repentance. May it save the lost. In Jesus' name, amen.